Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? I have been very busy. We are preparing to come out to see you and Taylor. And I know we are very excited. Yeah, I'm so pumped. And also, while we are there, my mom is coming to stay at our house with our dogs. So, you know, that of course means me trying to get all the last minute things in and cleaning the house and all the stuff. And also, Seb started scraping the ceiling, the popcorn ceiling in our room. I'm just so excited, but our house is a little bit of a mess right now, so I'm trying to get my (laughs) life together before we leave. Yeah, I would imagine that scraping popcorn ceilings is not – a like, it just has to be, like, a messy affair. Absolutely, yes. And my brother had done it, and he recommended – he was like, tarp everything. Tarp everything. It's so Mm -hmm. messy. And I was like, okay, I hear you. But Seb was like, let me just test a little corner to see how messy it is. Also, we have hardwoods, and he had carpet. So, like, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. And once Seb started going, he just kept on going. So, he did it in two days. And we have a big room, so I was pretty impressed. And while he still needs to do some sanding – it's pretty much finished, and yeah, the floors are dusty, but I just need to, like, mop twice, I think, and then we'll be all set. Are there any other rooms in your house that have popcorn ceilings? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> downstairs is mostly scraped except for the living room, and every other room upstairs is also popcorn. So, originally, our house was all popcorn. At some point, I think they had a leak. They ended up scraping, like, the kitchen and stuff and dining room and all of those, like, connected rooms downstairs. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, our bathroom, our closet, both of the other bedrooms. It's a lot of popcorn. When did popcorn ceilings become a thing? I think it was, like, the 70s and 80s was when they were really big. They don't bother me that much, to be totally honest, but Seb hates them. And the look that I was going for in our bedroom is I want to do, like, all monochrome. So I'm going to paint the ceiling Mm -hmm. the same color as the walls and the trim. And I couldn't paint – I wasn't going to paint a popcorn ceiling like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Don't you dare. Yeah, it would have been weird. (laughs) (laughs) Have you started, like, testing out any colors yet? Yes. I got samples this week. I'm actually looking at them right now. I think I've decided on a color, but here's a weird thing. Sherwin-Williams has evidently been out of their sample sizes since the beginning of the year. I love Sherwin-Williams paint, but my biggest complaint about them is that their samples are huge. So, Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of samples. So I have so many samples in my storage that are just taking up so much space. I didn't want to... I don't like them to begin with, but they were also out. So he was like, I can just give you a pint and it, I think a sample is normally $8 and the pint is 20 And I was like, I didn't want that much paint to begin with. So I'm not going right. to pay more than double for even more paint that I might not right. use. Right. You're like, I wanted like $4 worth of a sample. Right. Yeah. So I think I'm okay. going to cheat the system and go somewhere else and get them to color match the color from Sherwin-Williams that I like. And then if I like it, I'll buy the actual paint from Sherwin-Williams. Okay. That's a good plan. Is it a light blue? Like you had originally talked about. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's blue is so hard. Uh, I feel like it's a little polarizing too, because our last room was light blue, but it was pretty aqua. Like it was pretty Mm -hmm. bright and that's not what I wanted. I wanted it to be 
more subtle and also like a little bit gray, but not too gray. And that is a very fine line to walk with a blue. Yeah, I have recently looked at some paint colors for something that got painted at the office I'm in at school. And when I looked at all of the like, just the little like paint cards or whatever, I was like, wow, these are all pretty. And I would think that one color like looked darker than the other. And then when you like lay them side by side or you put them on the wall and all these different lighting, like everything looks different. Seriously, it's insane. Like I was looking at them in the car when I was driving home from Sherwin Williams and I had a guess of like which two I was going to like best. And then I got Mm -hmm. them up on the wall in our room. And those were the two I liked least because they look they look straight up gray oh, no. on our walls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. There's it's so many crazy. paint colors. Yeah. Which is why you always have to sample. Like, it's important yeah. to sample. Mm-hmm. For sure. What about you? How are you growing? Um, this week at work, or really like this past week, was incredibly stressful and very frustrating <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And... So I'm dealing with a delicate situation at work where I'm kind of being blamed for something. I'm not really because the people know now that I'm not actually the person that made the mistake um, and that it was somebody else, but it's become this whole thing and my name is like still wrapped up in it and I'm a part of the situation. And so I've just been feeling very stressed out about that. But... The last couple of days, because also people send emails really late at night. And so I'll get like a notification on my phone at like 830 and it's an email about the situation. And of course, I have to look at it because I'll just stress about what it says. Rules around notifications exist. You should set them up. I know I should. Yeah, that's a really good call. (laughs) Um, But before I do that, what I've been practicing, though, is telling myself what we had talked about, like maybe a few episodes ago that worrying about something isn't going to change the outcome of it. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I know. I'm putting it in real, in my real life. And so when I started to like feel myself like spiral and just really stress, I'm like, okay, me having anxiety over this situation, like, isn't going to change anything about the situation. It's not going to make me feel better. It's just going to make me have a really bad night's sleep, which isn't going to make me have a good day tomorrow. And it's just the outcome is going to be what it is and me worrying about it isn't going to change it. Yeah. So So. you're pulling yourself out of your spiral. That's great. Yeah. So that's how I've been practicing growth this week. I'm so proud. This is great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, today we're talking about a really interesting topic, confidence, and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty nervous about it. Not not very confident. (laughs) What about you? I feel like I'm in kind of like a jazzed up mood. So I think I'm feeling a little more confident about this topic than I actually like feel this feeling in normal life (laughs) right now and talking about it. I think I'm just kind of like, you know what? Here we are. We're just going to go for it. (laughs) Wow. This new laissez-faire attitude you have is really great. Does it look good on me right now? I know. I'm so (laughs) impressed. (laughs) Okay. Well, what feelings do you associate with your confidence. Like when you are feeling confident, like what feelings are you feeling? Okay. I think that this was such an interesting question because when I was thinking about the topic of confidence, I think my first thought was looking at other people and like what they're, what they look like when they're confident. But then Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. that just because they look like they're confident doesn't mean they are confident. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So for myself, I think that confidence sometimes has to do with like, with my certainty, with my level of certainty about a topic or an issue or a situation. Mm -hmm. I think that overall, it often has to do with my level of like, self worth and self acceptance around a specific topic or situation. I think there's an element of kind of learning how to fail with grace. So like being comfortable enough to like make mistakes. And I think that my philosophy about just like, I know that there's a possibility that I'm wrong, or could do things differently or better or that I'm not perfect, I guess. I accept that about myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that sometimes really helps my confidence levels because I don't expect myself to be perfect about things. I love this answer. I totally agree with you on all of that stuff, especially the first thing you said about, yeah, like having a certain level of certainty in what you're talking about. Because I definitely have those moments in like work or with something else where I feel really passionate or sure about what I'm saying. And so that's definitely a form of confidence. I feel like my other number one probably feeling in confidence is when I feel really bold. Mm. So I'm not thinking, I'm not overthinking. I'm not concentrating on anxiety. Like I'm not doing any of that. I'm just feeling so present and in the moment and sure about whatever I'm doing, even if it's yeah something that I might fail at or whatever, but I'm I'm not overthinking. I'm just being in it. Yeah, that's great. It's like um, a little bit of presence. But I also I also like that you mentioned passion because I do feel like topics that we're passionate about are places that we're often very confident because it's something that we're familiar with and feel good mm-hmm. about and are excited by. Yeah, 100%. Well, what would you say that confidence looks like on others? Like how do you see it for other people? Yeah, that is interesting, especially because just like, I don't know, however many minutes ago, a couple minutes ago, you just said that initially when you think about confidence, you think of it externally, like in a way that mm-hmm. other people look or whatever. I think for me, it's when people are not afraid to speak their minds or they are talking about something in like a very certain way that I'm like, wow, they like know a lot about this stuff. Like they're They don't seem to be like floundering in their speech or their opinions. They don't seem unsure of themselves. And they also don't seem worried about like not not even like offending somebody because it's not like they're being rude necessarily, but it's like they're just, I don't know, like yeah, very sure in their opinion about something and they're not afraid to share that. It's really interesting because I really do think that to me confidence – Like the word, I just associate so much with the way you project to other people. Because I mean, Mm -hmm. you've said this to me, and I've actually had several other friends say this to me that I come off as very confident. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's true at all in reality. Because I mean, we've talked about it before. Self doubt is like one of my number one issues. And I think those two things are completely contradictory. Like you can't doubt yourself and also be confident at the same time. Totally. But when I'm like answering this question, I'm like totally thinking of you. I'm like somebody like Bracey who like, feels comfortable like giving her opinion on things and that's I don't know. And and doesn't seem to have like anxiety about what this opinion might mean to somebody else in this group or, or whatever. Like Yeah, so which I think might not be true of what you're actually experiencing on the inside, but 
Yeah, this is fascinating to me because I truly don't know the answer to why I come across as confident when I don't feel confident. But I feel like mm-hmm. what you just said is a little bit of you putting it through like your your people pleasing lens. Like I'm gonna second mm-hmm. guess myself because of hurting other people, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely at least for me, like if I am in a confident headspace, like I'm not thinking so much about how my actions or like what I say, like I'm not trying to like analyze like how this could potentially impact somebody and I'm not trying to like control the situation so much. Yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Um, Now that I'm thinking about it for myself, my confidence issues stem less or happen less in situations with other people. Like I I am Mm -hmm. not thinking too, too much about the way I'm going to be received by, especially by like friends. Yeah. But my confidence issues show up more often in like overarching parts of my life. It's like the fundamentals and not necessarily like the day to day, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and that makes me wonder, are there certain like circles of your life or certain people that you spend time with that you feel more confident than other places or with other people? That's a great question. Cause I do think your confidence level varies by like subject matter, I guess. And the way that I was thinking about this for myself is my relationship with Seb, I am 150% certain about. Like, I just Mm -hmm. have never second-guessed it. And Mm -hmm. that is the level of confidence that I aspire to for every other part of my life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think to some extent, there's other areas where I am confident. Like, you know, my spirituality, personal growth area of my life, I feel very good about. And... You know, of course, there's little things that are funny, like I am a bomb parallel parker, and I'm never going to second guess my parallel parking skills. (laughs) And like just little things like that. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, I think it varies because initially, my first thought is like, okay, at my job, I feel pretty confident most of the time. But Mm -hmm. then if I am in a meeting or something where I'm with another behavior specialist who has like 20 years more experience than I do or and is like somebody that's like way more comfortable like speaking in front of a group than I am like I immediately don't feel as confident Mm. around them in my like abilities because I'm like oh she's she has so much more experience than I do she knows a lot more than I do which is true like that is just like factually true but that's definitely something I could work on that's like oh just because she knows more than I do that doesn't mean that I don't need to feel confident in what I do know yeah but it definitely, I definitely do. Yeah, that makes sense. One other thing that while you're talking, you made me think of is I feel very confident in my ability to like figure things out. Like I'm capable of figuring things out. And I think that is a base Mm. level confidence that really helps me in a lot of different situations. I'm clutch under pressure. I believe that. And I think too, that makes me think of like all your like home renovation stuff. Yeah. It's like you're, you go into like projects confidently. You're like, I'll be able to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the worst case scenario is we can't figure it out. We have to hire somebody to figure it out for us, which is, right. you know, doable too. So yeah, okay, I think maybe I'm a little more confident than I thought going. Into this <laughs> I think too, I tend to be more confident in one-on-one relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in certain dynamics with like friends or family, I feel less confident. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
I feel, I think one of the areas where I feel the least confident is with strangers. Like I have such a hard time Mm -hmm. with small talk. I just panic when I have to like do anything logistical involving a stranger, like canceling something or calling to make an appointment. Like I just freeze for those things. Yeah. I think I've gotten confident in that area out of like necessity because a lot of people in my life that I've like lived with or dated have had like higher anxiety than I do about like talking to strangers or like making phone calls and like all of that type of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I would always end up doing it. And I think I got better at it. And so now I'm like, oh, whatever. It's just a phone call. Like who cares? It's nice for Um, you. Uh, I avoid it at all costs. (laughs) And Seb enables me and makes all of our calls that are, you know, involving both of us, which is so nice of him. That is really nice, but maybe I'll talk to him about it at the wineries when you're in the bathroom. Be like, Sam, she's trying to grow in this area. Please don't encourage him. (laughs) This is an area I'm comfortable staying totally stagnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. Okay, well, I feel like you already answered this a little bit as you were walking through these this conversation of like, oh, wait, I am confident about that and also about that. But are there other any like specific things that before we got on this recording that you felt that you're like, oh, I feel really confident doing this? I mean, besides parallel parking. <laughs> I, I honestly like want to see parallel park so badly. I'm going to make you do it. Honestly, <laughs> okay. Well, li- listen, I rely on Seb to make my phone calls. But he relies on me to do the parallel parking. So this is a symbiotic <laughs> relationship, okay? He will get out of the driver's seat and I'll get in. So I, we, if we really have to parallel park. Okay. If it, Do you have a back? Um, yeah, you have a backup camera, right? Yeah, but I learned without one. So I don't okay. actually use oh. it most of the time. <gasps> wow. That's really impressive. I just I, have a formula and it works every time. I feel like my parallel parking is like 50-50. I either like nail it and it's so good or it's terrible and I have to try like three times or like drive around the block because I'm embarrassed that people are watching me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You have to have good circumstances too because if you've got like six cars behind you, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, totally. But you're good (laughs) under pressure. So here we are. If you guys need to uh, hire somebody to parallel park, Bracey will do it for $50 a park. So (laughs) wow, you're really pimping me out here. I I like it. All right. What things make you feel confident? I typically feel pretty confident talking in front of a group of children, which is like the only group of people that I don't really get nervous about talking, even though I definitely used to, but I got better at it because I had to do it all the time. And also kids are just like, especially little littles, like K1s. Wow. They are the sweetest. They just shower you with compliments like the whole time. They're like, um, I have a question. Um, you look really pretty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that is really great for your confidence. It's awesome. They are so sweet. I think the other main one that I never really experience doubt in is anytime I'm like playing some type of sport or like trying some new like athletic feat for the first time. Like not that I'm like a stellar athlete by any means, but I feel like I'm athletic enough to be decent at pretty much any sport. So I always feel pretty confident like going into that. Like the first time I went surfing, I was like, oh, it's going to be great. Like I I didn't feel really nervous other than sharks. I mean, I would consider myself to be pretty athletic, but I still would probably feel a little nervous trying a new sport for sure. 
So that's impressive. Thanks, Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are probably the, the main ones that I like don't really ever feel nervous about. All right. Well, do you have any type of like routine or something that you do specifically to get yourself in a confident headspace? I don't really, but I kind of wish I did. And I kind of want to create one because I feel like you see it on like TV shows or have movies. Have you seen that episode of Ted Lasso? Absolutely. That is honestly like what was on my brain when I was like, I want to have one because in that episode when Rebecca and Keely are teaching Nathan how to be confident, I was like, dang, I need a routine that I like hype myself up. She was incredible. That like that little jig thing that she did. I was like, uh-huh. wow, you look like you could take on the world right now. I wish that I could do that. <laughs> She's so amazing. She is great. Um, yeah. So I don't know what it would be necessarily, but I think honestly, my only routine, if I'm doing something that involves any type of public speaking, I will tell myself like 50 times, like right before that no one actually cares And no one is going to be that focused on me. Like people are going to be doodling. They're only going to be half listening. I'm probably going to do okay. Like it's probably (laughs) going to be fine. So I think that's my routine is like trying to downplay the whatever, like the level of anxiety that I have that I'm like, I don't need to be anxious about this because who cares? I think that one of the things that I used to do pretty often, have you heard of that? What is it? The power pose where you like put your hands on your Mm -hmm. hips. I've tried that before. And I actually think that works. I think it's like feeling into the idea of confidence. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't actually feel confident, but like, what would it feel like to feel confident right now? Right. You just have to like fake it. Yeah, pretty much fake it till you make it. And the other thing that I sometimes do, I think that clothes make a big difference in this. So like if I'm going into a meeting where I really want to make a good impression or like put a strong foot forward, then I will make sure I'm wearing something that makes me feel confident. And especially I remember one specific meeting that I was very worried about and I wore like all Navy, like a full Navy outfit. And I was mm-hmm. like, this this is it. I feel I feel good. Yeah. You're feeling yourself. <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree. I think the days that I feel the most confident that I'm like not having to like think about it are the days when like I really love my outfit. Yeah. Where I'm having like a really great hair day and I'm like, wow, I just like, I like feel good today. I feel like I look good today. And that goes a long way. I am a big advocate. I I personally think that you should just get rid of any clothes that don't make you feel like that. Like if you're wearing things that make you feel uncomfortable or like you're – dressed in somebody else's clothing, like just trade it in, find something else. Yeah. Go send them to a consignment shop. Donate it. Do stitch fix. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Have like a friend trade. Mm -hmm. Seen those before where like everybody brings like their clothes that they don't really want anymore. Yeah. That's smart. Have you ever considered doing um, like a rent the runway with because they do like um not just like for special events or whatever but they'll do you can like get get like eight items a month and you keep them and like wear them and it's just like oh like sweaters or jackets or pants or whatever and then you send it back yeah i've seen that i think it's really cool especially if you work in an office where you're having to maybe like dress up a little more than casual i don't think that makes sense for me at this point in my life but i really like the idea of it yeah I, I've seen that recently. I'm like, oh, that might be kind of fun. Cause sometimes, or if you're just like somebody that like doesn't like to like wear the same things over yeah, and over for and sure. over. Yeah. It's like, a, it's but you don't want to spend a bunch wasteful. of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. 
Laura Jasmine would be so proud of us for even talking about this. <laughs> okay. So putting on the outfit and feeling like physically confident, do you feel like that typically bleeds into your like a mental and emotional state as well? 100%. Yeah. I definitely think that fake it till you make it is a saying for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. I do think though, there's other things that are less routine that make me feel confident. Like, Crossing something hard or something that's been lingering on my to-do list off and mm -hmm. getting it done, that makes me feel great. Yeah. I would say like a good deep conversation with people I care about, that makes me feel really good. Like it just makes me feel like very centered in myself, I think. And I always feel very good after therapy. Like like I'm I'm headed in the right direction. My doubt is for nothing. I like can take on the world. And I feel like yeah. that's like the number one best scenario of me and my confidence. I love that. So you feel really confident moving forward. Also tired though. Yeah. It makes me sleepy, but <laughs> it also makes me feel like I'm doing everything right, which thanks, Debbie. Gosh, that's a great feeling. How long do you feel like you're able to like hold on to that? Not very After long. a session. <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> okay. uh, I think it depends on like what else is going on in my life. I would say the average is like 24 to 40 hours. Okay. But, I mean, we'll take it. Yeah. I love that. What areas do you feel like you really struggle with confidence? I mean, definitely self-doubt. But I think, like I said, it's kind of like low-level foundational confidence issues. Like, Worry that I'm doing things wrong or worry that I'm headed in the wrong direction or worry that I'm not doing enough, like those types of things mm -hmm. I don't feel particularly confident about. But now maybe I'm seeing that I'm, I'm actually in action a little more confident than I think I am. Yeah. When we, we're making you look at you from the outside a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're changing my perspective. Give me a new lens. Just look at you through my lens, okay? I appreciate that. <laughs> what about you what areas do you struggle with well i was initially thinking i feel not confident in like confrontation and conflict like the stuff that we talked about last time but i'm also like is that me not feeling confident or is that me just like having anxiety mm. or are they i mean or are they inter um, definitely intertwined? intertwined definitely because i i mean what I mentioned earlier about me not having confidence with like strangers and small talk, like that's definitely mm -hmm. an anxiety thing. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, I think uh, definitely confrontation is not an area that I feel confident in. I also don't, I mean, and this is kind of along those same lines, but I also don't typically feel confident in telling somebody that they made a mistake, even mm -hmm. if they did. And even if I don't have, some type of like attachment to that person that is goes deeper than like an acquaintance or something like that feels really weird to me. And sometimes I don't feel confident. I, I mean, in general, like I don't feel confident most of the time speaking in a large group, but sometimes that is a group of colleagues or a group of people that like, yeah, like I don't know super well, but sometimes like depending on my mood or like what else going on, like I will not feel confident talking like in a group of my friends. Yeah, there's definitely situations where it's harder. I mean, just like we talked about in the last episode, sometimes it's hard for me to actually be very honest with people because mm -hmm. of fear of judgment of what they're gonna think or feel or say about that. Yeah. 
On a different but related note, did you see the post by the holistic psychologist about the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response? I didn't, but I am familiar with the fawn response. I did not know that was a thing. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's pretty new. This is what Anna was talking about. Like, this is her response, I think. Just like... Let me pull it. Not doing... Yeah, read us the definition. This post says, the fawn trauma response. Number one, people-pleasing. Number two, going along with another person's perspectives, beliefs, or values without connecting with your own. Three, dissociating. Four, lets other people make decisions. Five, avoids any situation that could lead to conflict. Six, fears saying no. Seven, overly polite and agreeable. Eight, hyper-aware of other people's emotions and needs while betraying your own. Do you feel targeted? Well, <laughs> I do, but I also feel happy that Fawn is was like the cutest name. It is out of it's the four trauma responses. <laughs> it's true. Also, it's kind of nice to have your situation like so succinctly expressed because, mm-hmm. I, at least for me, it makes me feel reassured that I'm not like crazy or. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is like a common enough thing amongst people that we it gets like its own category. And there's only four categories as of right now. But we definitely see that with like some of our kids sometimes. Like they're so afraid to not be agreeable that like you won't care about them anymore or you'll never talk to them again or whatever if they make you mad or something like that. Yeah. So we definitely see that some. I think my like my immediate trauma response, if there's like something very serious going on that's like something with my physical safety is freeze mm-hmm. is my response. Yeah. I but think if it probably it, depends on the situation you're in for sure. Yeah. But yeah, my like overall life trauma response is for sure fun. <laughs> yeah. So fascinating. Also probably just to relate this back to confidence, I feel like those types of trauma responses are way more likely in situations where we don't have the confidence, you know, like, Yeah, they're almost like totally opposite on the spectrum. Like I either feel Mm -hmm. really good about this or I'm in a trauma response. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, from this conversation and us having to think about our opinions and feelings and confidence, what do you think that you could do to build up your confidence? Okay. Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm obviously not an expert on confidence, but I do think for me, there's definitely a connection between self-worth and confidence. Mm -hmm. And I feel like self-worth has a lot to do with how nice I'm being to myself, how I'm viewing certain situations. And so I think that continuing to remind myself that in any situation I'm worthy, like no matter the circumstances, I think that's very helpful for me. And it's something that I should continue to do. And obviously therapy is helping as well. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think along those same lines, at least for me, like noticing when I am not feeling confident or like, what are the circumstances under which I'm not feeling confident and like trying to explore more of like where that's coming from. Like, is it something to do with my self-worth? Is it insecurity? Like, 
what is it that is coming up for me really like when I get down to the root of it? I think too, this can circle back a little bit to limiting beliefs as well, because Mm. just thinking about my aversion to small talk, I just really have it in my head that I'm bad at small talk. And maybe I need to look at that belief a little bit, you know? Yeah. I actually talked about limiting beliefs with a parent of a fourth grader that I'm going to start doing some counseling with. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. I can't even remember now what it was that they were like, yeah, he'll just like shut down and he can't, he just says he can't do it. And I'm like, oh, so he's struggling with limiting beliefs. Okay. Yeah, we can work on that. (laughs) Wow. Real world use of podcast topics. That's incredible. I know. It's we're just changing lives, probably. I'm sure. I mean, mostly our own. One or two. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it. I know we're making the world a better place. Just talking to each other. (laughs) Um. All right. I love that. All right. Well, if you have any suggestions on how we can grow our confidence, or if you want to share the ways you struggle with confidence or the ways that you are rocking confidence. We would love to hear them. You can email us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.